Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Person, Real Needs podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Desiato, and this is my life. Today is episode 58, entitled New Seasons, New Beginnings. A lot has been going on in the last few weeks, so I thought it'd be good to update everyone on where life has taken me and my family so far this new season. My family and I have started the process of packing yet again, but hopefully this time it's for the long haul. We're buying a home in Royersford, Pennsylvania, and we're really excited to finally put down roots after a few years of transient living. If you want to go back through the archives, you can find out our brief maybe not so brief history of real estate. (laughs) Go back and listen to episode four, episode 55. You'll get the gist. Of course, I won't be totally sure of anything until we're handed the keys on settlement day. Too many moving parts that need to line up just right to get excited just yet. But as of right now, everything's a go for a May 8th settlement, which will hopefully allow us to move the weekend of May 20th. If you're in the area and you want to help us move... (laughs) <laughs> I know that's probably not going to happen, but you can reach out to me, Jeff at realpersonrealneeds.com. We also have been dealing with our oldest cat, Dugan, and his recent decline in health. He's the first real pet that I ever had, and I've had him for longer than I've been married, 12 years. I took him to the vet since he wasn't eating and seemed very lethargic, and I feared the worst, but the vet doctor didn't seem to find anything obvious, so she did some blood work. It turns out he has hyperthyroidism. He needs to take half a pill twice a day for the rest of his life. But that means that he's going to be okay. He's already back to his old self. And even though he's 12, I'm hoping we get a few more years with our family. We're also in the process of applying to house an exchange student next school year. Our new home will have an extra bedroom for the time being. And we've wanted to find ways to be a blessing to others with what God is providing to us. We received a letter and short video from our prospective student who's from China. Our family is really excited about this opportunity, and I'll keep you guys posted for sure. Now on to real estate. Over the last few weeks, I launched a new listing and helped a few friends go under contract on their first home. Though the spring market has arrived, business is a little slower than I'd hoped here in year three. And I'm just being honest. Maybe I'm getting better at managing multiple deals, so it feels like I have more time on my hands. I want to be careful, though, that I'm not presenting myself in an unrealistic manner as being a flashy, always successful business owner. I struggle just like everyone else. Now, you may know that I despise the harassment that occurs in sales culture, but I recognize that I can sometimes swing the pendulum too far in the other direction. It's one thing to be calling your friends and family every two weeks asking for referrals, which is something that many real estate coaches and gurus advise agents to do. And quite another to sit idly by and imagine that business will magically float your way. Ultimately, it's the real estate business that drives and funds these crazy pursuits of mine. So I ask you to consider sharing my info with a friend or family member who may be considering buying or selling real estate in the next 6 to 12 months. There, I did it. I asked for the business, and now I need to go take a shower. I don't always talk about real estate, even though that is how I make my living. 
But every so often, something happens that I feel obligated to talk about in an effort to hopefully distance myself from the deceptive behaviors I see on a regular basis in the real estate industry. Right now, real estate inventory is incredibly low, which means demand outweighs supply. It's good news if you're in the market to sell your home. Not so good news if you're in the market to buy. For instance, we were outbid three different times on homes before we finally found one who would accept our offer. And even then, after the house was on the market for over three months, when it came time for us to make an offer, suddenly, as if by magic, the mysterious other offer reared its ugly head. I talk about this with my clients all the time. There's always another offer, quote unquote. I put that in quotes because I have a hard time believing that agents are always telling the truth. It doesn't matter if the home has been on the market for six months and was once a crime scene, suddenly people are coming out of the termite-infested woodwork to put in an offer over and above asking price the minute my clients are interested. Now, most agents would not call this lying. They say they're fighting it the most for their client, which is their job. But I say they're fighting dirty. Now, before I continue, let me just say I'm not talking about brand new listings that are jaw-dropping and have everything and appeal to the masses. Of course, those homes are going to go fast and get multiple offers in this current seller's market. What I'm talking about are those quirky properties that have been sitting for a while and that need some work. When agents see homes getting snatched up quickly, they see it as an opportunity to manufacture scarcity in every situation. But let's be honest, not every home is for everybody there are those homes that will sit on the market regardless of how few homes are in direct competition. The fact of the matter is that pricing is going up and people are trying to outrun those trends. They're trying to cash in on the slight increase immediately without allowing the market to catch up. The problem with trying to bend the truth for your client is that every so often it may hurt them and not help them. Take this example. A buyer brings the best offer they can to the table. But since it's a seller's market, you decide to manufacture a little competition in the hopes of getting more money for your client. So you go back to the potential buyer and tell them that they need to bring their highest and best offer to the table because you have other offers. The buyer knows they can't do any better. So rather than getting into a bidding war, they simply walk away. It happens and it makes me angry. I recently learned of another trick some agents use. This line of thinking never even crossed my mind, and I'm glad because it gives me some hope that I still have some honesty in me. The trick goes like this. You have a listing that is under contract for well over asking price. The issue then becomes whether the home will appraise for the sale price. Some agents will update the price on the listing in hopes that the appraiser will not notice how far over asking price is going. They're basically counting on someone not doing their job well in order to eke a few more dollars out of the deal for their client. I was flabbergasted at this practice, but apparently it's pretty common. Now, I ask you, when did telling the truth become a poor negotiating strategy? I previously talked about this on the podcast in episode 36. The episode was called Truth Hurts. I encourage you to go back and listen to it if you're interested in my thoughts on truth in real estate. I was hoping to shine a light on some of the deceptive practices that agents use in order to get clients, like promising a higher sale price than other agents so that they'll sign on the dotted line. Other agents use the strategy of offering to buy the home themselves if they don't sell it. They may buy the home, but for well below market value, and it'll be a nightmare. Now, before I continue, I'm not saying that I always price homes right. 
For instance, I have the listing on the market right now. We just had to lower the price. Pricing a home is not an exact science, but you need to use the data available in order to determine a price and course correct if you've missed the mark. Some people who can't go above asking price are now waiving their right to get a home inspection in order to have their offer moved to the front of the line. Now, I ask you, is that in the best interest of the consumer? Of course not. But the listing agents don't care. They're getting the best deal for their client, period. It's the buyer's problem and his agent if the home has unknown issues. But I'm here to say it's not right. I get frustrated when I scrape and claw for every client I work with only to be done in by the unethical behavior of my competitors. That's why authenticity and generosity are the two pillars of my business. It may make business growth slower, and I'm sure it has. But ultimately, I'd rather be kept awake at night because of a lack of clients rather than a lack of morals. Now that spring is in full swing, see what I did there? Many theaters are casting their upcoming seasons. I already have several auditions scheduled, and I'm hoping to be able to lock in my performance schedule for all of 2017 in the next few weeks. I'm trying my best to add credits to my resume in short order before my next attempt to audition for Sight & Sound later in the summer. As a matter of fact, I had my first spring audition this past week, and needless to say, I'm sure I left a lasting impression on the production team. This audition was sort of a last-minute addition to my schedule. I decided to throw my hat into the ring for the role of Sebastian, the Jamaican-accented crab in The Little Mermaid at my local theater company. Typecasting, I know. One thing I've learned as I continue my work as an actor is that auditioning is basically your job. And one thing I'm trying to get better about is leaving everything in the audition room. I don't want to walk out of there wishing I'd done this or that. You see, I have a tendency to be reserved during auditions, mainly because of nerves and not wanting to go too far and mess myself up. But since this was a theater company I've worked with several times before, I was a little less nervous and able to be myself, which is what made this audition, for better or worse, one of the most memorable moments of my short acting career. During the dance portion, something I always look forward to, I decided it would be funny to show off my agility with a high kick. Unfortunately, I had forgotten to dress appropriately for a dance audition, opting to wear my lucky red pants to give off a crabby vibe instead. So as I did my best Chuck Norris impression, everyone in the room got to hear the sound of me ripping my pants. Now, usually making people cry in an audition room is a good thing, especially when I'm going for a dramatic role. However, these tears were not the kind I was hoping for. It took several minutes for everyone, including me, to compose ourselves after that hilariously unfortunate mishap. But what can I say? I certainly put it all out there in the audition room. Let's just say they won't soon be forgetting yours truly. I had intended to record my audition as I try to do for the podcast, but I'd forgotten to start my recorder, and boy do I regret it. I had no idea what was going to transpire. It would have truly made for some inspired content on this podcast, for sure. Hopefully, I'll remember to record the two I've scheduled for today, though I doubt I'll be tearing any more of my britches asunder by attempting feats of acrobatic skill and interpretive dance. Anyway, if you'll recall, I performed my very first cabaret back on Valentine's Day. (laughs) 
Well, it proved to be a successful night as I was selected to perform in their Best of the Season concert coming up on June 3rd in Mount Gretna, Pennsylvania. I'm also in the process of filling up my schedule for the summer with live performance dates as both a solo artist and with my dad as our singing duo, Adam Sphere. She comes to speak to me I freeze immediately The schedule is quickly filling up, and I'm performing almost every weekend this summer. You can get the info of where I'm performing by going to my website and looking under the Musician tab. To conclude this episode, I wanted to take a moment to talk about podcasting. Most people don't mention numbers when they talk about their podcasts, like the number of downloads or the number of subscribers, because it's not really an exact calculation that you can find online. My podcast, however, has had the numbers triple since the beginning of the year in overall subscribers. And in the last 30 days, the podcast has been downloaded over 600 times. Now, that may seem like a small number. It's peanuts compared to most podcasts. But for little old me, it's a pretty big deal. And if you're one of those people who's subscribed, then I thank you. I hope that you're enjoying the show. It's nice to be able to put the experience from my former broadcasting career to good use. And with that in mind, I'm in the beginning stages of developing a network of podcasts that will be under the Real Person, Real Needs media umbrella. I hope you'll take a moment to check them out and stay up to date on the new developments. Of course, there's this podcast. It's the flagship, Real Person, Real Needs. I've toyed with the idea of changing the name, but for now, I simply added the acting realtor in quotes after my name. I'm thinking that the acting realtor may be one day something else, but for now, the Real Person Real Needs podcast is here to stay. The second podcast is the Unchained Gospel podcast. In the past, I've been fortunate enough to share my faith through my writing as well as preaching on occasion, and this is a podcast that I use as an outlet for that content to a mostly Christian audience. The third podcast, which just launched back in March, is the Making of INRI podcast. This is a documentary-style podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the making of the No Longer's rock opera. The No Longer is the band that I've been a part of for 15 years with my brothers. Through interviews with me and my brothers, you get unique insight into the two-and-a-half-year process of writing and recording our passion project. I see this podcast as like a special event series. There are only 17 episodes and it's already wrapped up, but still interesting for those of you that are writers, musicians, to hear the creative process at work. The fourth podcast that has yet to launch is the Alter Life podcast with Brent and Jeff. As many of you know, I have nearly 10 years of experience in the radio industry, though the quality of these podcasts may or may not exactly reflect that. Seven of those years were spent producing an original radio show with a friend of mine that aired on the Hope FM radio network from 2006 to 2013. I've decided to take those shows and repurpose their content into a regular podcast series. The primary drive of that radio show began as a place to play edgier Christian music on the weekends, but we quickly developed the content into a more in-depth look at the Bible while playing music that supported the overall message of each episode. The podcast 
will feature the segments of each radio show strung together without the music to make one 20 to 30 minute episode. I haven't yet decided how frequently these will be released, but there are a total of 247 episodes that have been sitting in the archive since 2013, just waiting to be shared with a new audience. I'm kicking myself that I didn't know about podcasting sooner because we could have had this going back at the initial stages of podcasting in 2006. And who knows where it would be, but who knows? Things don't work out the way you intend. But anyway, that's what's going on with me. Seems like an awful lot when you document it like this, but I'm sure it pales in comparison to the things that you're all doing on a regular basis. And as my family and I prepare to move and try to get things situated in our new home, I know things will be pretty hectic. So I may be sharing some special rebroadcasts in the coming weeks to remind people of where we've come from, but also to welcome some of our newer subscribers by revisiting some of our past episodes. I hope that you'll tune in. You may have forgotten some of the things that we've talked about over the last 58 episodes, and it may be nice to go back and reminisce together. I'm not saying that that's going to happen with the next episode, but depending on the move, it may just be required (laughs) for time's sake and for my family's sanity's purposes. But until then, I appreciate you listening. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at jeff at realpersonrealneeds.com. Again, G-E-O-F-F is how you spell it. I'm weird like that. realpersonrealneeds.com. Until next time, be real and keep it real. Thanks for listening and Godspeed. Godspeed.